Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning. morning. Amazing family. Good morning. morning. I like it when you talk back to me. You may take your seats. (laughs) In a nice way. In a nice way. None of that cheeky back talk. <laughs> hey, I love, I love what Kim said this morning because I, I share Kim's heart for the football. <laughs> I don't get it at all. <laughs> but what always intrigues me, like she said, is that, you know, I, I watched the first half yesterday of the footy and then I was like, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. This is, this is I already know who's going to win. So I took the dog for a walk. There was hardly a car on the road because everyone's watching the football. It was so peaceful. Except I walked past a couple of houses and I heard people screaming at their TVs. I could hear them from the footpath yelling at their televisions. Come on! Don't drop it. Get it in, get it in. And the, and the same thought occurred to me. Why do we feel comfortable to get out of our chairs and, and yell at our televisions in our own homes? But in the house of God, we, you know, we don't worship. We worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has not won a Brownlow medal, but he has taken back the, hell, the keys of hell and death. He has stormed hell and he has taken back the keys of hell and death. So we need to get out of our chairs and we need to say we worship the champion of champions. We adore We adore the champion of champions. We worship the King of Kings. And we will shout his name. And we will declare his goodness. And we will walk in his victory. There's only one thing that stops us from being passionate in the house of God, and that is the religious spirit. And we need to kill that thing once and for all. We need to kill that thing that tells us, I can't yell in the house of God. I can't dance in the house of God. I can't get excited in the house of God because I'm supposed to be quiet and I'm supposed to stay in my seat and sit in my row and not get too loud. We need to kill that thing. We need to kill it. We need to oppose it. We need to defy it and actually act in opposition to that spirit. We need to take a stand and say this is going to be a house of zeal and passion and declaration. This is going to be a house of joy and celebration. Joy and celebration. Is it not? If there is anything in your life 
that you are more passionate about than your Lord and Saviour, then he is not first in your world. And the word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all those other things that we are so passionate about, work, study, providing for our family, taking our kids to sporting events, all those other things that we strive after, that we work hard for, will be added, will be easy. But they have to come second. They have to come second. Otherwise, he is not Lord of your life. He is not your king and he is not the one that you put first. So let's just get that straight. Either we live by the word of God or we live by the pattern of the world. There is no other choice. There is no other way. It's black and white in a grey world. What we believe is black and white in a grey world. Either he is number one or he is way down the list. And if he is way down the list, then we are living powerless, ineffectual, weak, insipid, puny Christian lives that is going to make no difference in our community whatsoever. There is only one way that we're going to reach our city and that is by being on fire, red hot, passionate about the God that we serve. That's the only way, it's the only way, it's the only way that the people in our city are going to know that we are a household of believers and not a social club. We are not just a group of people that come together to give one another hugs and to say, how's your week been? And to talk about the football. We are a group of believers that believe there is one God, one King. He's number one. He's number one. And he needs to be first and foremost in our lives. We spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of time in our postmodern society getting constantly swamped by the culture in which we live. And we can very easily start looking like that culture unless we make a very definite and deliberate decision that I am going to live differently. My priorities are different than the people that I rub shoulders with in the street, in my workplace, in my shopping centre. The Word of God says that we are strangers and aliens in this world. And if we don't look different to this world, then there's something wrong. If there is nothing in our life that identifies us as different to the world, then there is something horribly wrong. And we need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict us and realign our priorities and realign our focus and realign our life. Romans says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by changing the way you think, changing the way you see everything. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Lay yourself down on the altar and say, God, if there is anything in me that comes before you, burn it up. Burn it up. I'm laying myself down on the altar. I'm offering myself as a living sacrifice so you can use me, so that you can shine through me, so that this world can see that there is a God, that there is a Saviour. We need to lay ourselves on the altar. Ah. And you might say, oh, so heavy. Oh, it's so heavy. Why do I have to sit under this heavy word? Because this is life and death. This is eternity. This is eternity we're talking about. This is our purpose for which we were born that we're talking about. This is the reason why the Father breathed life into us so that we could be his ambassadors, his sons and daughters in this world. You are like Jesus. In this world, you are like Jesus. Luke three sixteen. This is John the Baptist speaking of Jesus. He said, I baptise you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everyone say, and fire. There's a distinction there. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Two things. The Holy Spirit and fire. Once we are baptised with the Holy Spirit, he never leaves us. Once we accept Jesus, the Spirit of God fills us and never leaves us. But the fire can leave us. If we don't fan it into flame, the fire can leave us. The Holy Spirit never leaves us, but the fire is up to us. We are stewards of our own fire. You are a steward of the fire in your life, the passion in your life, the zeal in your life. It's up to you. If it dies, it's because you're not fanning it. Do you ever wonder why some Christians burn white hot for God? They're so passionate. They're so full of him. It's because they fan their flame. It's because they fan their flame. And if you're not burning for God, it's because you're not fanning your flame. I can't do your fanning for you. 
Your husband or your wife can't do your fanning for you. Your Christian friends can't do your fanning for you. Only you can fan your flame. You are the steward of the flame in your heart. I can't do your receiving for you. I can't do your responding to God for you. I can't do your worshipping for you. Stephen and I do our utmost to set a passionate example of what it is to be a Christian that follows him with all our heart and all our soul. We set that example for you, but it's up to you whether you follow it or not. It's up to you whether you let that inspire you or not. Your pastors can't fan your flame for you. That is your deal. That is your responsibility. That is what you do from Monday to Saturday. If you only give God two hours on Sunday or less, chances are your flame is going to be pathetic. A little coal that's just about to die. We are called to follow Jesus every day, every day, every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, I don't have time. I get up. At, I've got to be at work by six and I don't get home till six and then I'm so exhausted. I just sit in front of the TV and I just veg out and then I wake up and I do the same thing and I don't know why I have no desire to go to church and I don't know why I have no desire to be at worship nights. I have no desire to pray. I know why. <laughs> it's not rocket science. I know why. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. In a place of passionless, passionless monotony. Where we are ineffectual. That's exactly where he wants us to be. And we've got to choose to be different than that. You guys that are going to the kids' camp, the best thing you can do to those kids is be full of the Holy Spirit. Best thing you can do for them. When you pray for them, the presence of God comes into the room. It's not giving them a birthday party, although that is amazing. It's not giving them a petting zoo, although that is awesome, and a birthday cake. But the best thing you can do for them is be full of the Holy Spirit. The best thing that you can do for your children is be full of the Holy Spirit. Not pay for them to go to university, or that, that is awesome. Not take them to all their sporting events, although that is amazing. But be full of the Holy Spirit. Be a burning hot example of what it is to serve God. Because that's about eternity. That's about eternity. so easy to be focused on just here and now. But our spirits go on for eternity. Our kids will live 
for eternity. So what are we teaching them about eternity? The best thing you can do for your kids is to saturate them in the presence of God. Have them in the house of God. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1, 5 and 6, Timothy, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that faith now lives in you. For this reason, because you have faith, I remind you to fan into flame. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God did not give you us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Paul is saying, Timothy, I know you have faith, but that's not enough. You've got to be on fire. Fan. Timothy, I can't do it for you, Paul's saying. Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that is inside of you. Fan it into flame. Fan it into flame, Timothy. Don't let it die out. Every day, get your bellows. These are our our bellows that Chelsea found in an antique store. They're slightly ineffectual because they have a hole in them. (laughs) But you get the idea. They're yours, your bellows. (laughs) We've got to get our bellows and we've got to fan. I, I need two hands to fan. Fan into flame. (laughs) we had nights of fire didn't we ten nights of fire broken into two stints of eight nights and two nights and um, I saw many of you encounter God I saw many of you encounter God because I was up the front here praying for you with our visiting ministry and I saw many of you encounter God. I saw many of you receive prophetic words and now I say to you, fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. Don't let it die out. Don't let that encounter be, oh, yeah, back in July I encountered God. And it was amazing. But I haven't found it and so it's just a distant memory now. Or I received a prophetic word. The prophetic words that we receive are conditional to our obedience and leaning into that prophetic word and laying it before God and saying, God, you spoke this over my life. So what do I need to do 
to bring my life in alignment with that word so that I can be all that you've called me to be, so that I can take hold of that for which you've taken hold of me. Fan it into flame. That gift that you receive through the laying on of hands, that prophetic word, fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. Don't just sit on it and go, that was nice. Oh, he said that I've got a prophetic gift. Isn't that nice? He said that I might preach one day. Isn't that nice? He said that I'm going to be a powerful witness in my community. That's nice. What are you doing about it? We can't make it happen in our own flesh, but we need to bring our life into alignment for what God has called us to be. If he's called you to preach, saturate yourself in the word of God. If he's called you to be a worship leader, saturate yourself in the presence of God. If he's called you to be a witness, saturate yourself in the presence of God and the word of God. No matter what he's called you to do, saturate yourself in the word and the presence of God. When I was a little girl, I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old. I saw a vision of a loaf of bread with a fork in it. It is the only vision I've seen with my eyes wide open where I could see it in the room. And I pointed, I went like this to my mum and said, can you see that bread? There's a loaf of bread up there near the wardrobe. She said, no. I said, it's got a fork in it. She said, honey, I think the Holy Spirit's telling you that you need to consume the bread of life. You need to consume the word of God. And you know the Holy Spirit brings that back to me all the time, reminding me to consume the word of God. It is my food, it is my life, it is my bread. I need to fan it into flame. And you might say, I haven't, I've never had a vision like that. I've never had a prophetic word like that. Then find a scripture in the word of God and live it. Live it. Make it come alive inside of you and be it. Be it. Be the word of God to your community. You know, it's, it's easy to tell when someone is in love, isn't it? We have quite a few loved up couples in the church at the moment. Young and old. I'm not discounting those of us that have been married for decades. Charlene and Carner. <laughs> Ten years, still loved up. 
Kylie and Will celebrated an anniversary recently. Yes? Oh, the other Kylie and Will just got married. Loved up couple they are. Lots of engaged couples, lots of just married couples. Lots of couples that have been married for decades that are still in love. It's easy to tell when someone's in love because there's a spark. There's, there's heightened emotion. There's a, there's a spring in their step. Yeah? When you're in love, there's, there's joy. There's joy. There's devotion. There's a level of devotion that means you will go the extra mile and not complain about it. Personal hygiene, yeah. My husband says that's important. I don't know if that's a reminder. (laughs) I smell all right. (laughs) But yeah, fan your first love, yeah? Fan your first love. Luke 3, 17. This is, this is in the King James. I think I gave you this one. Yeah, I like, I like the King James Version because it says, it's talking about the Holy Spirit whose fan is in his hand. His fan is in his hand. His bellows are in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor. This, this is the threshing floor where they used to pound the wheat And he will gather the wheat into the garner or the granary. But the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. So this is what I'm talking about, laying ourselves on the altar and saying, if there's any chaff in me, then burn it up, God. If there is anything in me that offends you or doesn't glorify you or doesn't honour you, burn it up, God. I don't want it in my life. Fire is what burns up everything in us that doesn't glorify God. Fire is also what brings zeal and passion and enthusiasm. Zeal and passion and enthusiasm. Those things should be part of our relationship with Jesus. Zeal and passion and enthusiasm. The word enthusiasm is derived from the Greek Greek word entheos, which means to have God within you. If you have God within you, you will be enthusiastic for him. If you are being continually filled with the Spirit, you will be enthusiastic for him. You know the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 where it says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and goodness, kindness, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. I might have missed one. But... (laughs) You know that word joy, the fruit of the Spirit is joy. You know, we think, oh, joy, such a lovely thing. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. (laughs) Where? It's down in my heart. 
<laughs> Stand in my heart. We think, oh, joy is such a lovely thing, those people that are always smiling, always positive. I've, I've got some enthusiasm on the front row. I like it. I like it. But you know that word joy in the Hebrew is chara, which means to be hot, to burn, to blaze, to be furious, to be furious. It's not a mild little joy, 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 joy. It's like joy. Like I'm so full of joy that I can't keep quiet. I'm so full of joy that I can't stand still in worship. I'm so full of joy that I have to tell somebody what God has done in my life. I'm so full of joy. Full of joy that I'm blazing, 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 burning, burning, burning for Jesus. Burning. I burn for him. I burn for him. I burn for him. I burn for him. That's what that word joy means. Enthusiasm. Fire. Zeal. Oh. Not being nice to my throat. Use your diaphragm. I'm going to ask the worship team to come because we're out of time. I want us to sing. We're going to sing a beautiful hymn to finish. Just while they're coming, I just want to share with you something that the Holy Spirit said to me while I was preparing this message. He said, there are way too many people that just want to have a casual relationship with Jesus. We're called to be his bride. And the Word of God says, the eyes of God are roaming throughout the earth, looking for those who are fully committed to him. Fully committed to him. Not looking for those who want a casual relationship with Jesus. When you're in a casual relationship, it means I don't respect that person enough to commit to them, but I want the benefits of the relationship. Is that how we treat Jesus? Don't call me, I'll call you when I need something, when I want something, but don't ask me to commit my time, my life, my energy. He's looking for those who are fully committed, fully committed, fully committed, ready to be married to him. We're going to sing this beautiful song. I have decided to follow Jesus. Can we can we stand and sing it together? It's a hymn, you may or may not know it. It's an old hymn, it's beautiful. I'm going to tell you the story of it in a minute. We're, going to, we're just going to sing it first. 
Sing it with your whole heart. Sing it with your whole heart. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. group of missionaries that went to India 150 years ago, spreading the message of love and peace. They weren't very welcome, but one local man by the name of Noxeng, along with his wife and his children, chose to find out more about Jesus and they became Christians. Noxeng's faith was contagious. That's what happens when we're on fire for Jesus. And other villages began to accept Jesus as well. The village chief was livid and summoned all the villagers together. He then called Nork Seng's family to stand before him. He demanded that they renounce their faith in public or face execution. Moved by the Holy Spirit, Nork Seng bravely said, oh, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Enraged at his refusal to deny Christ, the chief ordered his archers to shoot his two children. As both boys lay dying on the floor, the chief asked again, Will you deny your faith? 
you have lost both your children and you will lose your wife as well. But Nork Singh bravely replied, Though none go with me, still I will follow. The chief was beside himself with fury and ordered the wife to be arrowed down. In a moment, she joined her two sons in death. Now he asked for the last time, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live. And facing death, Norksen said those memorable lines, the cross before me, the world behind me, I'm not turning back. He was shot dead like the rest of his family. But with their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killings was so moved by the faith of Nork Singh and his family that he began to question his own beliefs. He wondered why should this man and his wife and two children die for a man who lived in a faraway land 2,000 years ago. There must be some remarkable power behind this family's faith. And I want that faith. In a spontaneous confession of faith, the chief declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard this from the mouth of their chief, the whole village was overwhelmed and ultimately they gave their lives to Jesus. I think it's highly unlikely that any of us will be called to be martyrs. But some people are, and I believe they have the supernatural grace from God to face death. But we are all called to lay down our lives on the altar and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back, no turning back. If you haven't made that decision, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come and stand here and make that declaration, I want to follow Jesus. And if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus this morning, I invite you to come and stand over here. And we're going to sing. We're going to sing this a couple more times. I encourage you to take a stand. If you know you haven't been fanning the flame, take a stand. If you know he hasn't been number one, take a stand. If you know that you have the Holy Spirit within you, but your fire has just about gone out, take a stand. This is not the day for turning back. This is not the day for shrinking back. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. This is the day for the church to rise up and to blaze.
to blaze in our community. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.